Good evening and welcome to Tea Coffee and Nerds podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a few different subjects. We're going to be talking about uh, Assassin's Creed because I've recently been playing as Valhalla and I'm really enjoying it. Um, but I just want to get more depth conversation and talk about that a little bit more. Uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of animes and mangas that I've been getting into recently and I think that you might enjoy as well. Um, and as well as we're going to talk about probably toxic fans because that's popped up yet again. Um, but yeah, I hope you can enjoy and I hope you stay for long for the, the talk. Let's get started. So like I said, so this first thing I want to talk about is Assassin's Creed because I've recently been playing the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the new one. Now this one is set during the uh, Viking invasion of England. You play as a Viking of a male or female called Eivor. And basically your game sets, your game obviously starts in Norway. Your father is unfortunately tragically killed. Um, your mother is killed as well yeah i think she's killed up and you're then adopted by the king so you know you viking you learn how to hunt and kill and whatnot and then obviously you move on to england and start to you know invade england now as much as i'm enjoying the game and there are obviously issues you know bugs ubisoft um the combat could be a better like the, the parry system feels really laggy most times but other than that it's a good game enjoying it i mean come on who doesn't want to roll up in a freaking longbow and go raid the village and then burn the fucker to the ground because again burning shit's fun come on now i was looking at this earlier and i've played most of the assassin's creed games i haven't played them all um i really should play them all because they do look good but yeah so and i didn't realize this actually there are actually let's let's double make sure so i'm not incorrect there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. The thirteen Assassin's Creed games, if Wikipedia is correct, which again, yeah. So they start off with Assassin's Creed One, which you played as Desmond Miles, and you realize that you were, in fact, an ancestor of the ancient order, the Assassins, who were find the Templars, who were trying to take over the world. Okay, the Assassins are good guys, Templars bad. Okay. You know, light and dark, that shit, right? Now, you play as Desmond Miles in the current day and your memories, obviously, of assassin, of being an assassin. You play as Desmond for the first one, two, three, four, five. For the first five games, okay? And your job at first is to find, you know, ancient pieces of an old world. Um, and you realize the Astergo, the, the Templars, are bad, bad guys and you need to kick their asses, right? Now... Usually for me, if, if a game series goes on for more than, you know, five, I'm like, mm, well, you know, they're going to be running out of ideas. But somehow they kept it fresh and it was okay, it was good. Um, you had a couple of DL, you had a couple of what I would consider not not DLC games. They they were fully-fledged games, but they were just released on different consoles. Um, and they, didn't, they didn't really feel as long as the other ones. That's what she said. Um, you had Assassin's Creed Liberation. You had then you had Assassin's Creed Rogue, which was took place in the Seven Years' War, and then you had the god awful one, which was Assassin's Creed Unity during this French Revolution. And oh my god, was that game buggy and shit as hell! I mean, that one beautiful game, absolutely lovely story was decent, but my god, it was buggy. I'm mean, you had no face, you only had eyes and teeth. Christ, nightmare inducing. Um. Then you had uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which was set during the Industrial Revolution in England. That game was decent. 
I especially like the DLC of Jack the Ripper. That game actually, for me, that that's what got me back into Assassin's Creed because I felt like they kind of went back to their roots, not of just of assassinations, but really of storytelling, um, of the you know character design, the, the in-depth environments. For me, Syndicate was what got me back into Assassin's Creed. Even though a lot of people didn't like it, I, I well enjoyed it. Then you had uh, Origins, which was basically a new character called Layla. Um, and she basically, that was sent to Egypt. That one was okay. It just felt very, it felt kind of rushed in a way, if you know what I mean. It just felt like it was kind of a rushed game just to kind of get something out there. Odyssey, now that game was good. That Because again, I enjoyed Greek Myth, so I'm you know, quite biased on that. That game was decent because I think I think that was one of the first ones, if I'm correct. Because um, I didn't actually complete Origins, unfortunately. Um, I think Odyssey was the first one to kind of introduce mythical beasts. So, for example, you could fight Medusa, you could fight a Minotaur. Um, basically, you just got you just, you just travel on the map and find random shit to do, and it was awesome. It was actually a really good environment. That yeah, Odyssey felt decent. It felt comfortable to play. And now, of course, you have Valhalla. Where you play as a Viking, uh, you're invading England. Now, Valhalla for me is a good game. It's actually, it actually feels like a, it feels like an, an, a fresh take on it, so to speak. Right? Now, don't wrong. I would really like if they went back to more the stealth assassination gameplay that we all know and love. Because, so okay, Valhalla does have assassination parts, and you can do missions sneakily to a degree, depending on your skill tree upgrade. But I'm sorry, if you're giving me the chance to raid a village and be a Viking, I'm going to take the fucking option. I ain't I ain't pussyfooting around here. I'm going to take my axe and bear into some fucking Saxon head. Again, I have some major issues. <laughs> but no, I mean, I've been playing it for a while. And again, like, um, like Syndicate and, and Odyssey, it's kind of got me back into Assassin's Creed game and the lore because... I forgot just how in-depth and how detailed the entire game series really was and how good it could be. I mean, I've been playing Valhalla for about, what, about 20, 30 hours now. I've got some time for work. And, yeah, it's good. It's decent. It's actually really enjoyable because, like, for example, you start from Norway. Obviously, you're a Viking. That's where you start off. You start from Norway. You do a few missions there, this and that. You kill a few targets. Then you go to England. Okay, and in between that, you meet up with two assassins who have said, oh, look, you know, this is our job. We're here to root out evil and help the corruption and all kind of stuff. And they said, oh, if you can help us, we'll greatly appreciate it. We'll reward you. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Might as well. Might as well do a pub and raid. But when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, it's just going to be a typical, you know, like hack and slash sort of game. The story's going to be okay, but you're kind of going to have to, kind of to finish the game to say, you have to get DLCs. So far for me, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like they've actually gone down the smart route and put everything they need to in the game. It feels like that this time the DLC they're just going to add to it, not actually complete the story. Um, that's one of the issues I think I had with um, Odyssey in a small way, is that it felt like you needed the DLCs to kind of carry on the story, if that makes sense. Um, but hey, what do I know? I'm just a random guy. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, so if you haven't played it, I'll give it a try. So there are many, there's loads, I mean, the game's full of side content. It's just absolutely ran full of side content. I mean, I've, like I said, been playing about 30 hours now, and I think I've only maybe, what, 5% into the story. I've barely even touched the surface of the, how the story's going to go. See, because, okay, the game's set out in different areas of 
of England, right, and Norway. And each particular area has a power level. And yes, it's over 9,000. Dragon Ball Z joke. So yeah, so the um, same power level. So for example, one area can say, I'll recommend a power level, you know, 20 or 30 or whatever. And one area is power level 230. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're not going to explain the power level system to me properly? Like, you're not going to give me the full rundown? And the game was like, nah, go fuck yourself, Viking. Go fuck yourself. So the way you increase your power is you obviously upgrade your gear, get better weaponry, you know, skill tree, stuff like that. That's all good. And I thought, oh, maybe maybe it's power level just recommended. Maybe, maybe the enemies aren't that tough. Holy shit, are the enemies tough. I'm level like 50 or something now. And I went to a particular area that was like level 200. I thought, okay, maybe I can sneak around and stealth kill a few enemies. No, no, no. I've upgraded my my stealth damage massively because again I like doing the stealth play in Assassin's Creed games. I took out one enemy who's just a minor level enemy, like a just very generic boss, uh, generic kind of enemy thing before the boss. My stealth kill couldn't fully finish them off. I then went to face the boss. He killed me in one and a half, one and a half hits, as in the second hit killed me mid swing. I swear to God, I was on I was on my controller, looking at my TV, going, "Are you shitting me?" So what did I do? I took, took my tail to my legs and I ran like a little bitch. Holy shit, these enemies are tough. But no, seriously, definitely worth a try. And again, Assassin's Creed, the game, the franchise game series for me has always had a rather interesting story. It's always been very kind of like mythological slash science fiction-y. Uh, I mean, the first one was really weird because when that first came out, I don't think anyone knew what to expect from it. So when they said, oh yeah, there was like a, a race of people on Earth before the humans and they kind of all got kind of, you know, fucked up. I think that was, you know, needed. Um, I think at the time when that game was released, I think people needed something to kind of go, oh shit, this, you know, games can actually have a good story and be fun to play again without having to worry about, you know, what you're doing, so to speak. Um, but not just that, I, I, think, I think it helps build up the lore of a game. So, whereas the first one was released, okay, one awards is really good, it's great gameplay for that. And when the second came out, I knew people were lying on the corner of game shops to get the, to get the second one because they were like, oh, I need to happens, what happens, what happens, what happens, right? They were really obsessed with it. And it was good for a while, it was a great game. And then all of a sudden, Unity came out. Oh, Unity. Ugh. Um, Unity was decent. I think the French Revolution was a great backdrop for the game. But the bugs, Ubisoft, and yes, this is directly aimed at Ubisoft, the bugs on your game. What is wrong with you? My God. If you don't remember, you had people running around in full clothes, and but their head was missing. All that, all that was there were their eyeballs and their teeth and the, and the gums. It was like something out of a Freddy Krueger nightmare with LSD mixed into, the, mixed into it, just to fuck you over. But then, thankfully, thank God, came games like syndicate which again a lot of people didn't like but i really enjoyed it i loved climbing big ben no humans intended um i loved going around london i like the horse the, the horse and cart bits that that felt good to play and then one of my favorite ones of all time you then had odyssey and yes we're skipping over origins because that was dog shit um yeah origin no odyssey even was decent again greek mythology and see that game felt good to play because not only did the game go, oh, by the way, you can spar and kick bitches. Fuck yeah, best thing ever. But, you know, it, I, to my knowledge, it was the first game to give you mythical beasts, like 
the lion, um, the centaur, I think it was, uh, Medusa, and I think also a minotaur too, right? Yes, please. Because again, I think a lot of people kind of don't like to squid games, so to speak, nowadays, um, because they kind of went away from the original kind of format where it was set in kind of like a, a react it's set in reality but with a little bit of like supernatural kind of stuff um and when they brought out odyssey and you know started bringing in like weird creatures and, and different aspects of it i think a few even even a few of the hardcore fans kind of sat there and went oh, i'm not really sure it's you know it's not really doesn't really fit but then the other people were like fuck yeah dude give me that fucking axe and again i'm one of these people who sat there and when i heard about the viking one for Hala, i was like I will give you all my money, my firstborn child, and the deed to my soul if I get this game early. So when I could get it, got it as possible. Got it as soon as I could, right? And been playing it for a while, like I said. And it's good. It's enjoyable. I'm, I'm actually enjoying the raiding and system. Like I said, like I said there, there are issues with it, like with any Ubisoft game and any Assassin's Creed. But nothing major, major. Like, you know, the Perry system's a bit weird. Um, you know... Yeah, some of the environments look a bit basic, if that makes sense. Like, it looks very kind of simplistic. Um, but other than that, no, really game. Um, the side content's insane. The, the map's not as big as, um, say, Odyssey, for example. But I think we need. I think we, we I think we needed to go back to a reasonably sized map because you had Black Flag, which was sailing. You had um, Origins, which I think was sailing. And then you had, obviously, Odyssey, which, again, was ships and sailing. Now, don't wrong, I liked the sailing format in it. It was good, but I think... I really didn't need another game where I was going to have to, you know, update my ship and turn about and have sea, and have sea songs again. Um, but then again, Valhalla's done it. You've got a long boat, you sail down the rivers of England and you raid, you raid villages. So, yeah, I think they got a good mix of this one. I think this one's really kind of, like, really impressed and really helped the people um, who want to enjoy the game series back to a certain point. So, hey... See how it goes in a few in a few more hours when I play it. Hmm. That's good water. Now, next up on the list that I want to talk about is something I'm actually really excited for. So, if you don't know, there's a there's a manga called The Way of the House Husband, okay, and they've already said that it's been made into a film, live action film, but apparently it's now being made into I can't remember if it was a it was an anime adaptation anime adaptation or a live action element adaptation um but either way i'm so fucking excited i cannot wait for this shit okay if you haven't seen it read it over it's based about a yakuza hitman slash made man who retires from the yakuza essentially to become a house husband right now it, it's it's really weird because like for example he'll, he'll wear a suit and hair gel back and the whole badass look but he'll have an apron on that has like a little cat sign on it and they go shopping for like fruit, vegetable, work, whatever, right? And occasionally his old boss, his old bosses in his old life will come back to haunt him and he'll just ignore him. He'll be like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm good. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm still not doing this, right? And they're like, oh no, please help us out. We need one thing. We need thing. But then for example, because of his, because he's got such a reputation, such an aura around him, like he'll sit there, he'll be like, oh no, here, have some packed lunches or here, like, you know, our fictional suit jacket got ripped he's a proper domesticated man but everyone still knows him as a badass yakuza boss and it's just such an interesting i only found out about it on um uh, i was actually on tiktok and i saw it i was like what the hell is this i'll give it a read 
So for the first couple of chapters, I'm like, okay, it's not too bad. I'll, it's entertaining. I'll give it a try. And then I kept reading and reading, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. And it's actually that good that it's actually made me uh, buy the mangas for it because I don't often buy the mangas and stuff for anime or uh, whatever or stuff like that. I'm probably a comic book. But I thought, no. So I've literally got online, ordered it a couple of weeks ago, and they've arrived, obviously. But it's so good. It, it's a, it's, it's a weird. It's, like, it's a slice of life type of manga. Um, but it's got, it's not a typical slice of life. So it's not like, oh, I love you and I'm going to school. It's like, okay, Yakuza boss is kind of making dinner for his wife. But he's also on a, he's also on a bicycle being stopped by police. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but honestly, give it a try. Read it. It's called The Way the House Husband. Uh, there are currently, I think, three or four volumes so far. But yeah, give it a try. Definitely worth a read. 110% worth the read. Um, and that actually brings my next point. There's rustles and rumours that they are... I can't remember the name of the company, but apparently there's a British um, company, that, like a publisher company, that want to start financing more mangas. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can't remember the name. But I've heard rustling rumours that apparently this publisher company want to start producing and... and paying and getting licensing for more mangas because they can see its popularity rising see the money they can make i know me me i'm more good for it i'm more happy to do that right because i think that the way like the popularity that anime's always had in in england and you know the, and in the west and all kind of stuff i think more people need to get used to reading the manga the mangas and stuff like that and watching the anime and stuff like that because a lot of people have a very weird concept of, oh, because it's anime, it's a cartoon, it's not for kids. Motherfuckers, have you seen Blood C or Blood Type C? That's not for kids. That is nowhere near for kids. I mean, come on. But um, yeah, I mean, hell, even uh, some of my family, they'll, you know, I'll be watching anime, whatever, and reading a book. They'll be like, oh, what's that? Like, tell me, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. I might give that a try, right? Hell, even my mother, who does not watch cartoons at all, obviously, because she doesn't find them interesting, I was watching an episode of My Hero, and she was like, oh, this looks really cool. What's this? I was like, oh, I told her. And she's like, okay, cool. And it was the episode between All For One and and All Might. Um, and she was like, oh, this looks really good. This, this doesn't look like it's for kids. I was like, mm, technically it is, but it's a bit mature-ish. Um, and then my brother comes in and is like, oh, no, you enjoy this. You're like this. And he decided to put something on that mom was like, oh, no, you lost me now. I can't, I'm not interested. And I was like, God damn it, so close. We were so close to greatness. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hell, more companies can, that actually give more like illustrators and writers and creators, you know, more power and, and more publicity. I'm all for it. I mean, I've seen some artwork on some, you know, Instagram, Facebook page and all kind of stuff that, you know, that are really, really good in my opinion. And they're just not getting noticed. So I think, yeah, more power to them. Hell yeah. I mean, I mean what do you guys think? Do you, are you are you okay with more with like a British company or British companies get involved in manga now? Or do you, do you prefer to keep American or, you know, eight or like Japanese or Chinese or whatever? Do you, how, how do you feel about it, basically? Uh, me, I'm all for it. But let me know how you feel. And we'll bring up discussion another time. Now, on to something that I think you'll all really enjoy. Well, if you like shown animes, for example. But there is an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm hoping I'm saying it correctly. 
basically it's about a in the world there are spirits and demon type things that are created by humans negative emotions okay now in this there is a particular demon who was exercised or partly killed or whatever it was hundreds of thousands of years ago who's basically is so powerful he they he was basically seen as like the king of the demons or whatever right the main character basically gets possessed by this demon by eating one of his fingers and i'm like i'm sorry you did what so yeah seriously eats a finger turns out that if you eat or absorb or like have a cursed object like a fucking finger um you gain power so that's why all these other spirits and demons want these fingers of this most powerful spirit thing um you know i'm just gonna refer to as demons it's just easier for now uh you know other demons want this want this king demon's fingers to, to get more power because they're graded by like you know weak strong or like super grade whatever it's called anyway so this kid eats the finger gets possessed by this demon but this kid can actually choose when to when not to let the demon out now the problem is because this demon's this demon's not like a typical show it's not like oh yeah if you help me i'll help you blah, 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 right this demon basically says like if you let me out um i will kill people like i will i will i will try and kill people this kid's like, well, no, I'm not going to get out of then. And all of a sudden, he's, take, he's taken in by this weird sorcery school um, to learn how to use the power and how to help others. But this thing, this is the catch, right? So you think, oh, you know, he's got powerful demon inside him. He can use his power, learn to control him, you know, become all powerful, right? Um, yeah, unfortunately, kid of Roos, that's not the plan. The plan is this poor kid has to eat all the other fingers. I think there's like 20 of them. Eat all the other fingers. And then be killed to get rid of the demon. Because apparently if the, de if the demon dies in a human host, they die permanently. They can't be brought back. Who in their right logical mind agrees to be killed after eating like 20 plus fingers? And apparently, kids, the answer is this fucking idiot. Because Jesus Christ. First of all, who eats a finger? Who eats a dead person's finger and thinks oh it's a great idea i, I you know i mean don't worry he does it to save people i get why he does it he's doing it for good reason but still but motherfucker i swear to you you, you if my family were crawling to me saying please help us save us please just eat this finger and gain power well i'll see you funeral motherfuckers i am not in a dead person's finger no thank you but anyway this kid does so yeah he basically comes to the agreement that once he eats all the other fingers to gain, you know, gain the the remnants of this demon's power and, and soul, he's going to be exercised slash killed. Uh, wow. I mean, kid, I know, you, I know you want a good death, but is this really where you want to go or what? <laughs> but yeah, so it's called Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, give it a try. Give it a watch. And I'm explaining it weirdly and badly. Yeah, I know. But no, seriously, give it a try. It is well worth a watch, honestly. 100%. I think it's like eight episodes so far. But yeah, definitely give it a try. Definitely. Now, with that in mind, I also want to say something about another anime that I'm really into, Fire Force. Now, Fire Force is coming on its second season, if I'm correct. Yeah, second season. Watch it. Okay, yeah, again, it's a shonen anime. Uh, they're, my, they're my personal favourites. Give it a try. Okay, I won't tell I won't say too much about it, believe it or not. Um, give it a try. Basically, things called if people simultaneously combust and turn to infernals, and they're then put out by firefighters who have fire-based powers. And I, I just insane. It's just mental, right? 
Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. Seriously, just watch it. Give it a try. Fire Force Season 1's finished. Season 2's out now. Um, you can watch it in dub or sub. I personally recommend um, dub. as oh, That's what I prefer. But the sub season as well. So yeah, give it a try. Let me know if you feel. Watch it. Now, on to saying that I'm rather passionate about myself. Let's talk about toxic fans and gatekeeping. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know everyone's favourite subject. You are so very welcome for this conversation. But it needs to be discussed because recently, um, again, I'm on uh, per- my own personal social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all the usual crap, right? But for some reason recently, I've been seeing a lot, and I mean like more than than I would even consider comfortable by any regard, um, toxic fans. Now, when I say toxic fans, I mean the fans who sit there and say, you know, like, who who are like, oh, you know, no one can be Goku. Uh, you know, Saitama's, you know, is a joke. He, you know, he's not even worth it. Um, you know, oh, Naruto and this, that, and ever. The fans who basically make you hate a particular show. And we all know someone like it, whether whether it's a little bit, and you're like, okay, cool, yeah, just passionate. Or someone who's like, okay, seriously, you keep talking about one particular thing and you're really pissing me off now. That type of person. Because let's face it, every single big anime, film, TV show, book, whatever, has toxic fans, okay? For example, you have uh, the potheads who think that the, because they know every single page, they're the ones who know everything, and they're the ones who are like, oh, no, blah, 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 blah. You know, well, Jenny and Harry shouldn't have been together, and Ron and Hermione shouldn't have dated, and blah, blah, blah. Seriously, leave me alone. Fuck off. <laughs> um and these, these are the sort of people that make me, that personally actually make me hate Naruto. So for years, I could not watch Naruto. I couldn't because the fans just, anytime I went on social media or talked to people about it or went to conventions, um, I was like, oh, you know, I'm bit, you know, I should watch Naruto at some point. And they're like, oh yeah, watch is the best thing ever. Blah, 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 you know, it's this and that, and the chakras and that, and nine tails. I'm like, well, calm down. I said I'll give it a try. They're like, no, no, you have to watch it if you don't like this person and this fan and this fan and this fan. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna watch it. There's so much, and and then you got the gatekeepers of certain things, and they're like, oh no, you can't watch this one. You got to watch that one, and watch the Shonen and da ba ba and ship and ship it in, and I'm done. And that personally, for me, my experience is that they are the type of people who made me hate Naruto for so long. I mean, I want to try and give it. A, I want to try and give it a shot because it does look good. But part of me, even to this day, like 10 years later, is still like, should I or shouldn't I? I'm not too sure. But yeah, we all know something like that. And unfortunately, it's something that's becoming more and more prominent nowadays, like to me, to me anyway. For example, uh, again, like I said before, I love My Hero Academia. I think it's a great anime. I'm really enjoying it. I like the story of the characters. You know, I think it's great, right? But what really doesn't matter is the fans. Again, the toxic fans, okay? The ones who are like, oh, messaging Hokoshi death threats, um, like saying, oh, if you don't make my ship canon, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hate the show, I'm going to boycott it, I'm going to tell my friends not to watch it, you know, oh, the, mo- the movie's, you know, the movie doesn't have this particular song or this particular character in it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, guys, ladies, gentlemen, effing else, just calm down, relax. If you create it, great, go for it. Have any character you want. You got your fan fiction, stick Stay in the fan fiction area. Stay in your little play zone, right? But then it's insane because again, I went to, I went to see the second movie of my hero, right? Um, Heroes Rising, and I enjoyed it. Really, really did like it, right? And went online a couple of days later, looking at reviews and stuff. 
And there are people who were like boycotting Hirokoshi. Uh, they were like setting death threats, apparently. And I was like, what? Are you, are you that childish? You've got to do this about a film. I'm like, what? And same people, for example, who Jungle Z fans. Now, my brother, personally, he's a massive, massive Jungle Z fan. He loves it. Just one of the, he, he considers it the, like, the perfect anime, right? Which is fair enough, cool. But even he recognises that not every single person can beat Goku. <laughs> or Goku can't beat every single person either, right? Like, I showed him a couple of, like, like videos of, like, you know, like, people saying, oh, Goku could beat this person, blah, 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 right? And he was like, no, Goku's not being this person or such and such, right? Because, again, he has brain cells. He understands that it's how the character's written. But a lot of fans don't get that, which is unfortunate because you're like, what's the point? Like, why are you doing this, right? It's insane. And then, of course, we have the gatekeepers. Now, the gatekeepers are the type of people who, who devalue someone else's opinion because they don't think they're true fans or something like that. So, you know, for example, if... Um, yeah, I've been a fan of DC for years, absolute years and years, right? So, if I said, if someone goes, oh yeah, I'm a huge Superman fan, you know, I really like the action comics one, and I was like, uh, and I was like, oh no, 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 you, know, you can't like that you, unless you like all the others and blah, 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 and all the others, and stuff like that noise there, that's saying him on mic stand, and you know, oh, you can't watch this, you can't read that unless you like this thing. No. If someone likes a particular comic or a show or a movie or something and that means they're a fan of that particular thing there isn't you can't call yourself an ultimate fan if you're a gatekeeper okay if you're a fan you want you want other people to be fans okay you want to sit there and say excuse me sorry about that for a second you want to be the type of person who when you go to a convention for example you sit there and they say oh you know what you're watching they go oh i'm watching no baruto that person goes, oh, if you haven't seen Naruto Shippuden episode 1 to 965 and have the comic and the manga, whatever, you know, you can't watch it, you're not a fan. Don't be that douchehead. Do not be that douchebag. You'll be the type of person who sits there and goes, oh, which one? Oh, which one? oh is it any good? Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, oh, here, give it a try. Just, you know, if you watch Naruto, you might enjoy it because it's, it's its son, okay? Gatekeepers annoy me more than most because they're the type of people who stop newer generations and newer fans coming into it and actually trying to enjoy something and then get into the rest of it i know people who, who for example who don't like my hero right uh or don't like jungle z or don't like you know um i don't know anything else really i'm like yeah cool fine that's that's your business that's that's not my deal that's yours right but then i was like oh no you, you can't watch this if you haven't watched this and you have to like it oh you know if you don't know every single character's name, then you can't be part of the fandom. Your fan fiction is wrong, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God. Susie, this is why people hate fandom communities, okay? This is why people hate, hated, and probably still do hate, the Homestruck community. Because some of the fans, not all of them, there are a lot of reasonable people out there, some of the fans are major douchewads. And that's not even up for discussion, end off. Okay, okay, that, that's enough of that. Let's talk about something more cheerful because we all know there's toxic fans in any and all fandoms, but let's all focus on the good ones and let's sort that out, okay? Now, talking of good points, let's just look into the world of comics for a second. Okay, let's just take a little peek behind that curtain. Have you or have you not been reading, has anyone correct, has anyone correct answer to this, been reading the new Thor run? And if I'm hearing the words no... Come on, what are you doing? You need to read it so good. Okay, so 
Spoiler alert, drum roll please. Donald Blake is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Donald Blake is back. The alter ego of Thor, who was like from decades ago in the, in the Thor comics, right? Now, if you don't know who Donald Blake is, here's a quick catch up for you, okay? Basically, Odin said to Thor one day, you need to learn humility, you need to learn to be a king, and all this kind of stuff. And Thor was like, oh, okay, right, right, right. Odin sent to Earth and turned him to Donald Blake. Now, Donald Blake was Thor's human version of alter ego, right? Kind of like Clark Kent, Superman, vice versa, right? Now, Donald Blake could turn back into Thor by, at one point, I think it was, tapping his uh, magic shaley walking stick thing on the ground. Uh, another one was, like, saying some kind of magic words or something, right? Anyway. Now, for years, Donald Blake was Thor's alter ego to on Earth. So he could walk around as a human and learn about humanity and all stuff, right? He was also a, a um, Easter egg in the first Thor film when Thor put on a shirt and said, oh, who's this? Uh, and it said D. Blake on the shirt. Uh, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, I think it is. Yeah, Jane Foster said, um, oh, that's my ex, right? So there's a lot to the character. But now officially, officially canon, Donald Blake is back in the Thor comics. Now, at the end of issue nine, I think it was, of the new Thor run, Thor said to Loki, because unfortunately the hammer's getting heavier and heavier for him, he needs to speak to the to the elder gods and also to Odin. So he goes into an Odin sleep, right? Now, midway through the transformation, Thor and Loki both felt something went wrong. So Thor has ended up in what is what is now seen as a dystopian future. Well, prison. So, let me back up a little bit. When Donald Blake would turn from, from him to Thor... Don Blake's consciousness and being and everything about him would go into some type of pleasant feel, suburban, perfect landscape, right? Sunny people, you know, white fence type shit, right? Now, because Thor had stayed as Thor for so long and Don Blake hadn't come out of his, so like his prison, as he calls it, he basically became self-aware that he was actually in a prison. Now, fast forward a bit. When Thor and Donald Blake swapped bodies, Thor ended up going to the same prison Donald Blake went to. Problem is, rather than being a picture-perfect suburban, you know, white picket fence type shit, Thor ended up in a world where everyone's he everyone's been butchered, slit throats, limbs missing, whatever have you, and all over the world and the floor houses, there's writing that says, where is Thor? Can you hear me? Why am I here? What is this? All kinds of shit, right? Then midway through, Thor finds the Midgard Serpent, right? The serpent's meant to kill him during Ragnarok. So basically, Donald Blake has killed everyone in this, in this weird prison world, plus killed a goddamn Asgardian beast, okay? He's killed a creature that's meant to kill Thor. Dude's amped up, right? Now when Thor, when, when Odin, no, no, Odin, sorry, when Blake came to the 616 universe, Loki was like, oh, something's gone right. You're not, you're not the normal Blake. He tried, to, he tried to bring Thor back. Donald Blake then kicked Loki's ass, and I think cut his throat as well. Donald Blake then broke the shillelagh that's meant to bring Thor back, and said, "I'm never going back, ever," or something to do on those lines. That now means that Donald Blake is free in the six one six universe, and he's able to able to hurt a god. Bear in mind, but now Thor is stuck in. Donald Blake's universe, like the prison thing, right? Can I get a hallelujah for how exciting this actually is? Because for the first time in I don't know how long, I am actually excited to read a Thor comic. Don't get me wrong, 
I like Thor's character. He's DC is good. But for me, he was only ever good when he was with the Avengers or a team up mission. I never in the comics I never really found Thor to be a good read by himself. Now I don't, that's not really I don't really know why it's not. I think I don't think it's the writer's faults or the artist's faults. I just never really found Thor an interesting character by himself because he's a god. Like there's not much that can threaten him or his, 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 his uh, existence. Um. But when they brought out War of the Realms, which basically brought all the realms into war, even Punisher had a, had a few issues. Brilliant. Um, I kind of got me interested. And then all of a sudden, then one day I was looking through uh, my social media <clears throat> and I saw a picture of Thor as the Galac- as Herald of Galactus. Hmm. And let me tell you something. Galactus, sorry, Herald Thor looks sweet. He genuinely looks awesome. And I'm not kidding. If you're not reading this series, I really wish you would. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I really don't. And now that Donald Blake is back and is able to actually hurt Loki, a god of all beings, I genuinely can't wait to see what happens because not only have we got to deal with the fact that Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, is getting heavier for him, but anyone else can lift it is insane enough but yet again his alter ego is now on earth and he and thor is fuck knows where okay seriously i can't wait for the next issue i'm just oh i'm so amped up for this okay now talking to comics and talking about amped up issues death metal for issue five has come out recently right now death metal is an issue is a comic run by dc comics obviously where the Batman Who Laughs, which is an amalgamation of the Joker and Batman, uh, basically think think Bruce Wayne's talents, memories, and skills in the with the Joker's morality, aka he has none. <laughs> so the Batman Who Laughs has basically become a massive cosmic threat and has basically need taken control of everything. Now the Justice League, or what remains of them, is trying to stop him to you know get everything back to normal. Now, it's a whole big event. There's massive tie-ins. There's, you know, the Green Lantern Batman. There's a Flash Batman. There's a whole big thing about it, right? But anyway, the Batman Who Laughs now has the powers of Dr. Manhattan as well as a few other beings, okay? Death Now Issue 5, you're not reading it, it's really good, has basically stated the Batman that we know, as in our Batman, uh, Prime Earth, died during the first battle of the takeover so he's now using a black lantern ring to stay alive um superman who was nearly corrupted by the anti-life equation is no longer going he can't come back he can't be cured of this and diana who basically was the warden of a prison on Themyscira, is now basically leading a charge to obviously save everyone which is fair enough it's a good fight don't get me wrong I recommend giving a read. So there's a lot of issues, so try and find out the chronological order to read them in, so you don't get too confused. There's a lot of like good side part stories. Um, issue five for me was good. It was really good issue. There's a lot of in-depth emotions to it. There's a lot of like story to it. There's a lot of like heartfelt moments. The problem is it's feeling a bit. I don't know it's feeling a bit loose. Um, don't explain it more than that. It's. It's good. It's still entertaining, but I feel like they're just th- th- this whole death metal run. It could have ended a lot sooner. But hey, like I said, there's probably a, there's probably a grand ending coming. There's probably something that's going to blow one's mind. So let's stick with it. 
Um, the reason why I decided for it was to see more of this whole evil kind of like this whole end of the universe kind of event. So, you know, you've got the man who laughs, who's now basically a Manhattan type power fighting a being who basically created the multiverse. Excuse me. Um, and then you've got all the leaguers who are trying to find and stop this all, you know, and trying to, you know, get back to some type of normality. But hey, it's a DC universe, so give it a few give it a few months or weeks, and they'll be you know fighting Lex Luthor again. But yeah, definitely Death Metal. Give it a read, see how you feel, and see what you think of it, and um, let me know. Yeah. So, next point that I want to mention, uh, very simply, is the name of this podcast. I know I'm going a bit left field here, but just stick with me. So I had the idea to start a podcast in about July, June time. Yeah, about that. And I thought, oh, I'll give it a try, see how it feels. And honestly, I have so many audio files on my device and devices, plural, um, of intros and endings and God knows what. But I thought, no, this is the one I'm going to give it another try and just stick with this one. <clears throat> so the reason why it's called Tea, Coffee Nerds is basically because I like tea and I know people like coffee, um, and also I'm a nerd, and I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of other nerds. <laughs> so I thought, call it something simple, call it something you know effective, because again, most times when I when I listen to podcasts, I have a tea, um, or cold drink, or I relax my bed or sofa, and I just kind of chill and let it just you know just relax. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make something that people could relax to, get involved in, have a laugh with, um, and hopefully Karen Karen's you know quite a while and we'll see how it goes. But Again, we never know till we try, do we? So this is the part where I open up to you lot, um, see what you think, any questions, any answers you want me to give. Uh, basically, just get in contact with me. Let me know what, how you feel, and we'll go from there. But no, I um, hope you enjoy my first ever episode of Tea, Coffee and Nerds, and I hope you'll come along with me to join more episodes and more, more talking. And hopefully at some point I can get a guest or two on the show and get some back and forth but no thank you very much for listening and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day evening or morning thanks <laughs>